the State College Football Podcast. Wait a second, guys. Whoever said you had to be good to play football? With Lions Digest Football beat writer, Nathan Grilla. This is incredible. They got the guards in the backfield. They got the center to the right. And, and the quarterback isn't even there. They're standing around, bud. And former freshman football assistant, Nicholas Hoshwalter. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Hello and welcome to the, what is it? It's the 18th, 18th episode. episode. Of the, yes. Oh my goodness. Welcome to the 18th episode of the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosshalter. And I'm Nathan Grella. And uh, this is the first week. This is the week I've been looking forward to the most out of any week of the whole podcast. I'm really excited for this episode. So. And that is because we have the matchup of the season coming up pretty soon. Well, at least up until this point. And uh, it's going to be very exciting. Uh, State College is going to face Pine Richland at Mansion Park in Altoona. Man, this is just this is as good as it gets in high school football. There isn't there isn't a bigger matchup, I think, all week I would say. I mean each each the district the matchup in District One is pretty good, but uh, this one's gonna be a fun one, especially since it is a rematch. And we will talk about that later. So but first we are going to get into a little bit of talking about the last game which was State College versus Delaware Valley. So a little bit of background on this. Um, originally scheduled to be played on Friday. Um, obviously, we got hit by a pretty big snowstorm. Not to mention, the game was scheduled in Hazleton to be played in Hazleton. I mean, Who has a grass field. Yes. So obviously, <laughs> snowstorm and grass field don't go well together. So they move it to Saturday. And so I call off work for Saturday because they moved it. And my boss like, all right, you know, that's cool, whatever. You know, I know this is really important to you, you know. Well, what is it, like Friday night or Thursday night? It was Friday night, yes. Friday night, we find out, no, it's actually being moved to Sunday because apparently the field still wasn't nice enough. And not only was it moved to Sunday, it was moved to Danville High School where this game was played last year. Yeah. Now, I have to give props. Um, the announcer at the game said that their ground crew worked like 24 hours straight because they had something like four playoff games scheduled to be played there. We were actually just one of two games played at the same field that same day. So right after that, with us was another matchup. So props to the ground crew for getting that entire field cleared off. They worked basically a continuous day to do that. So good on them. I also kind of feel sorry for them because... The whole reason they had to work 24 hours straight is because the PIAA, for some dumb reason, scheduled a playoff game at a grass field a week before a snowstorm, which was just just the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I was very upset Friday night. I was like, why? Why are they doing this? Because it's a grass field. Neither Neither team plays at a grass field during the regular season, so even that doesn't make any sense. So... Who knows? <laughs> but um, that didn't stop State College from having a knockout performance. Final score, 56-19. to 19. Um, Shocking stats from the game. 28 of those points were from special teams and defense, which is very remarkable. Possibly even more remarkable um, is that we scored, 56 play- we scored 56 points on only 25 offensive plays, which is absolutely insane. I mean, that is ridiculous. And, of course, that makes sense if you look at how many points we scored on other sides of the ball, but it's still ridiculous. I mean, 25 plays, 56 points, you don't see that very often. Yeah. um, I I obviously was not at this game because of the delayed time twice. I just couldn't make it. I I went to a Redskins game instead, which I got to see Alex Smith's gruesome injury in person. Um... I had the worst luck going to football games this year. I think I'm like 0-3 or 0-4. Uh, I went to two Virginia Tech games and they got blown out at both of them. So that was not fun at any of those games, but it, it was a good time beside the game. Um, so because I was not there, 
I'll let Nick go over the stats and what he saw from the game because he was there. Yeah, so overall, very dominant performance by State College. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, um, Delaware Valley, well, I know this for sure, they scored for the first time with 3 minutes and 20 seconds left in the first half. So we shut them down pretty good. But possibly more interestingly, they didn't get a first down until that drive. So we held them for pretty much the entire first quarter and much of the second quarter without a first down. Um, we just kept giving them three and outs. The Delaware Valley special teams was impressively bad, I would say. Um, in the midst of those three and outs, their punters' first two kicks, neither of them went past the tw- past 20 yards, which is really sad. Um, both of those ended up in us getting the ball in their territory, and one of those turned into a 30-yard touchdown pass right over the middle to a wide-open Cone Russell. Um, the other one was unfortunately fumbled, but um, we got another three and out after that. So overall, good performance. Um, interesting game. It was not close in the slightest. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Delaware Valley got 19 points just because it didn't seem like they deserved it. Um, <laughs> <Woof>. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. But honestly, um, like I said in my article, which you can check out at westernpayfootball.net, um, that I helped edit. <laughs> that Nathan helped edit, yes. They run a fullback I formation power running scheme, and that is not a scheme that is built to either have lots of drives where they're not running down the clock in the slightest, or just be able to convert on those short plays that we saw State College come up so often with on defense. Um, really, they just were overwhelmed. Um, the strength of their team did not show up so during this game. If you don't speak footballese, they were digging their own grave. So. <laughs> yes, they were. They were able to get a couple of rollouts on the quarterback. That was somewhat successful. Um, our secondary and linebackers had a little bit of trouble with their quarterback being a little more mobile in the second half, but in the end, it didn't really matter. All right. So, who were your who was your offensive player of the game? I would would you say? Man, because I, the, the, I know the offense is really cooking. So that. That's a hard that's a hard question because there are so many options. But um man, I I might have to go with Tommy Freiberg. Yeah. Because he didn't throw the ball a ton downfield, which doesn't which makes sense considering the fact that we only had 25 plays. And honestly, you didn't get to see much of any one player because they were playing so short. <laughs> I mean, all, their drives were generally only, you know, a couple of plays long because we'd get this big breakout and it would be over. But Tommy Freiberg really was incredibly accurate with his passes. I mean, he was picking apart their secondary as he pleased. You know, Tree, after a couple of plays, was out there yelling, sniper, sniper. And honestly, it's true because he was just sniping their secondary all over the field, you know. That's something you want to see, especially going into this next matchup. But yeah, we'll he talk was he was able to see their reads clearly, and just threw nice balls right where they needed to be. All around good performance. And obviously, the defense was dominant as well. Uh, what would you say is your defensive player of the game that really shined? Um, I'm hoping you say a linebacker, <laughs> especially coming up with, for this next game. Yes, but I have to say Kevin Kersinger. Because he made some right. big plays good that, <laughs> that were very impressive. One of them, um, in the first quarter, he had a, a a pass batted down on third down that led to one of those three and outs. But um, it wasn't much longer after that that he turned that um, finger on the on the ball into more than a batting down and made an incredible, fabulous one-handed interception that he returned for six points. With a lot of block, a lot of help from a good block by Jimmy Maniac. Um, I don't have a very good video of it because it was on the other sideline. And honestly, if you don't watch it frame by frame, it's really hard to tell exactly what happens. You just kind of see the ball flying into the middle of a bunch of people, and then suddenly Kevin Kersinger is running out of the pack with it. But I would encourage you to go check out the video because it's really impressive. You know, to see that kind of athleticism going up and getting the ball from defensive end, 
it's always fun to see. And that was probably one of the most impressive plays of the season, so I have to go with Kersinger. Stand out. And we're not going to talk about this game too much, I think, because although we are 10 minutes into the podcast, there's just so much to talk about with Pine Richland State College. So um, turn it into a lighter note here. How short was Delaware Valley? Because we went to this game and we're like, yeah, they got a lot of <laughs> five nine five eight people on their team, and most of them are contributors. So, I mean, their their quarterback was pretty darn short. Their running backs were very short. Um, their linebackers, obviously, very short. Their their line didn't look that much of a mismatch, honestly. Their offensive defensive lines weren't terrible. Um, they held up pretty well. Their skill players just couldn't compete. So I'd say their lines weren't quite as small as we expected them to be, but certainly nothing compared to State College. So, All right, so statement win in the playoffs. Uh, and The team was really um, had a lot of momentum coming out of this game, and hopefully they uh, translate it into Pine Richland. And dun, we, dun, dun. <laughs> we've been waiting the entire year, ever since we started this podcast, we've been waiting for this game, and... Uh, we didn't really, toward the end of the year, we didn't think we might see it, but North Allegheny lost in the playoffs, and that led to Pine Richland having the final say. And I will say, they kind of struggled in their game in the Whitfield Championship. Obviously, heading into the fourth quarter, it was 7 nothing. Um, They were only up by 7. Seneca Valley still had a chance in this game, in that game, but they pulled away <laughs> pretty well. Uh, and they ended up winning 34-7. to And credit to them, they really have replaced a lot of their guys from last year, All the, a lot of their skill players, their quarterback even, but there, <laughs> there are some issues with them, but there are a lot of strengths. So, yeah, and really, if you want a synopsis before we head into this, it comes down to just very strong play in the trenches offensive and defensive lines that know how to get work done. I think that's possibly their greatest strength as a team. They're certainly not um, lacking in many other areas, but if you want to pull away one thing from what is about to be probably about 45 minutes of analysis about this game, it's that their line, both offensively and defensively, is extremely strong. So, So, before we even talk about this game, I just want to talk about the historical relevancy of this game because this is a big stinking game. I would, I think this is a bigger game than the Penn State game. Honestly, I think compare this to the Penn State. Everybody knows Penn State is going to win on Saturday, but this game is two teams that are starting to hate each other. The schools are starting to hate each other a little bit. Um, State College has been thinking about this, that loss for the last year. I know I've been thinking about that loss for the last year. Yeah, and that loss in Hempfield really defined some of the players on this team. Uh, we talked to Ramsey Kiflo in episode two, and that was really one thing he emph- emphasized: is that he really, the team, him and the team felt terrible after that loss because they believed that they could. And as soon the ne- next day after that loss, they began to think about this year's getting to this year's championship. And after every win this season, they the Matt Lintel has reminded them we just got it we're one step closer to the championship and yeah. this is the game where you take that next step and you and look at some of Matt Lintel's few um past ever since he took over in 2014 uh he went six and seven his first year then nine and four the next year then ten and two ten and three and of course he's what 13 and one 12 and one 12 and one this year but in his first season, he actually lost to Pine Richland in Mansion Park in the playoffs. And in his fifth season, we returned to the same field against the same opponent. So it should be a and fun game. It's notable to say, um, this is, as you know, you've heard, this is our best record yet going into this game. Um, last week, last year, we were 10-3. the best team we've had. Quite possibly. I mean... Um, our defense isn't as good as some of some of those teams in the past, but our offense is absolutely one of the best state colleges ever had. It, um, this is honestly one of our, possibly our best chance in recent memory um, to get to the state championships. Yes. I mean, next next year's team 
Like, this is the, the time is now. I don't... Next year's team, I don't think, will have a lot of the same depth, especially that seniors give you. I know Shane Cole is a depth offensive lineman, but he he's, uh, you need the depth of offensive lineman, and there's not a lot of those guys coming up and, in the freshman and the sophomore class. And, and of course, you're losing you know players like Tommy Freiberg, yeah. Nellis, Cohen Russell. I mean, we certainly have skill at running back with Isaiah Edwards and Dre Green. Um, those guys are both coming back next year, but we won't get into that too much. We're here to talk about this week, not next year. Yeah. Well... We can talk a little bit about history. Um, Malintel took over in 2014. And as I was thinking about this game, I was thinking, man, we haven't had a lot of really statement games at State College, so this is kind of a layup answer. But is this game the biggest game in Malintel's coaching career? Like, will this game... Certainly it won't define his coaching career, but this game could be, if they win this game... Even if they lose against St. Joe's or Mayus or Coatesville in the championship, this game could be that game that you say, this team took one step forward to being not just the mid-pan champions or not just being the District 6 or champions or 6-8-10 champions. This, this is the game where they said State College is on the same, is on par with Coatesville. They're on par with St. Joe's. They're on par with Pine Richland. They're on par with all the teams that are there every single year. And... They win this game, it just, it'll, first of all, it'll give more interest in the team. Uh, one of the reasons we started this podcast is because we didn't hear, or I didn't hear anything coming out of State College. I was like, why isn't there a spring game? We should be excited about this team because the players are excited about this team. They're, the players' parents are excited about this team. The coaches are really excited about this team, and they think they're going to win it all. So why isn't Sports Talk with Steve Jones talking about this game? Or yeah, why isn't absolutely. Corey Geiger talking about this game? So, this, first of all, we should talk about high school football more. But second of all, we should talk about this team more in this town. Because yeah. Penn State, we know what they are. They're going to win out. This is where the storylines are. So, Absolutely. And... A um, little, little rant there, but this uh, <laughs> one of yes. the big storylines, as Nathan said, going to this week, is a loaded backfield for State College. But we didn't answer the question: Is this the biggest game in the uh, Malintel era? Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, although B- Bishop McDevitt, he played Bishop McDevitt that first year, and they won. Um, no, they lost that game. Um, that game was a very big game because it was at home, and Bishop McDevitt is a is a um, is basically was a powerhouse at that point in the 4A. Uh, that game was really important. Obviously, they lost that game. 2014 team wasn't as talented as many of the teams after it. The Williamsport game wasn't really a huge game. It was more of a look for the future. We saw Keaton Ellis really come out in that game. Um, and then Pine Richland last year, I think, I don't... I don't think we had a total chance of winning that game in hindsight just because of what Pine Richland had. Obviously, that five-star five quarterback. Yeah, Phil I mean, Jerkovic. He played That's... the entire second half against Florida State last week. Um, yeah. A freshman at Notre Dame. So that's the kind of player that State College is looking to get in the near future. Maybe they have that now. So, all right, let's move into the matchups now. Uh, Pine Richland, we're going to break down each each se- each uh, set of position groups and match them with Pine Richland's set of position groups. We'll try and preview Pine Richland's, the, basically their entire team, and compare them with our team at the same time. Yeah, just so, doing a side-by-side. Yes. Giving you the, uh, the players that we're looking forward to seeing go against each other. And starting off with that is the loaded State College backfield versus a very impressive group of linebackers from Pine Richland. Um, Obviously, for State College, you have Tommy Freiberg at quarterback, who has certainly proved himself not only as a passer, um, but also as a runner. He's mobile. He can do the dirty work when he needs. Isaiah Edwards, your uh, classic bruiser. Jare Green, your shifty guy. Um, Really, that's all you could ask for in a running game. Uh... It, it just balances very well having a mobile quarterback 
a strong runner and a shifty runner. That's what you're looking for. We have it this year. But on the other side of the ball, <laughs> three-star Tyler King. Um, you can He's actually on max prep, so I'll read you his offer list here in a second. But also with him is Anthony Sermonera, uh, who's middle linebacker, more of a backup middle linebacker, but he, he plays almost on every play with King. And then Merrick Miller, who's your athletic outside linebacker, who also has an interception. Um, Tyler King's offer list includes Akron, Ball State, Buffalo, Eastern Kentucky, Fordham, Kent State, Navy, Old Dominion, and that's it. So, certainly Division One teams, uh, a Division One linebacker. We've played a Division One linebacker before this year. That's Andre White, and yeah. that didn't go so well. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how Tommy Freiburg competes with Tyler King. That's that's going to be a fun matchup. I'm excited for this matchup, but it it kind of depends on another position group doing well on our offense. So uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think I think the running backs. I think the court, our quarterbacks and running backs will generate points in this game. Um, if another position group on the offense does something mediocrely to above average. And moving into that, um, we're we're gonna skip to the State College O line against the Pine Richland D line, and these re- this really goes hand in hand with our running backs in our backfield, I think, because if our O line can't block their D line, we're not gonna generate any rushing, we're not gonna get any points, and if <laughs> if we can't stop their D line, Tommy's not gonna have time, and we saw that in the Harrisburg game. Obviously, Harrisburg game is a little bit of a taboo because. Um, Isaiah Edwards not being there, James Pone fresh off the team, and yeah. you're you're kind of sorting through guys at different positions in that game. And you know, earlier a couple weeks ago, you said that you know if if we played Harrisburg now, you know I think we might have a better chance of beating them if we played them on a Friday night, if we played them at Memorial Field. Yes. And I was a little skeptical at that time. After seeing our performance on Sunday. I feel like I'm at that point. Harrisburg. I, f- I feel like I can see us beating Harrisburg at this point in the season. Yes. We're comfortable with who we have. Um, like Nathan said, there was a little bit of disorganization. Um, you had some new players coming in, and it just, you know, there was a bit of frazzle. And you can always expect one game in the year where you're just not going to play as well as you could. And I think Harrisburg was definitely that game for us. At least I hope it will be. Um, yeah. But. We do have a better chance now. Um, I think the left side of the line, if Adam Van Horn and Ramsey Kiflo play, if they are able to stop their defensive linemen at a, on at least 50% of the plays, maybe you're hoping for 75 at least, but if you stop Miguel Jackson, who's a sophomore, I think I watched his tape. He has <laughs> he has all of the all the skill set of a five-star defensive end. Um, 2021, he has 11 sacks, 47 tackles as a Which defensive is end. ridiculous. And then... 11... And, yes. Yeah, 11 sacks. That's <laughs> and, crazy. So, Ramsey Kiflo will be going against him, hopefully. Um, and then Andrew Christofik, who is committed to Notre Dame as an offensive lineman, plays on both sides of the ball, watched his tape too, and he's also very skilled on the defensive side of the ball just because he's fast and big. And if Adam Van Horn, who's... Over over uh, matched in, in terms of size in this matchup. Uh, if he steps up and plays really well against Kristovic and is able to block, because the right side of their defensive line, Alex Rodriguez and Trent Miller really benefit from how talented the other two are. And if we're able to block those two guys, I think the offense will score points. The offense will score really. 28 to 40-ish points in this game if if we're just able to block those two guys. And I would like to point out that um, Christofik also had offers from Akron, Boston College, Buffalo, and Clemson. So right there, you have someone that is has offers Wait, from two top four teams. Two. Um, 
and he's a defensive tackle. Obviously, he's going to be playing on the offense. Well, oh, he has he has way more offers than that. Yes, but that that <laughs> is that is some of the most interesting ones. He has offers from Akron, Boston College, Buffalo, Clemson, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Mississippi State, Nebraska, North Carolina, Northwestern, Ohio State, Oregon, Pitt. Rutgers, Syracuse, Temple, Toledo, Vanderbilt, Virginia, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. And West Virginia, and Wisconsin, and Penn State. So <laughs> the only top four team that he doesn't have um, Alabama is Alabama. He has Clemson, <laughs> he has Notre Dame, he has Georgia, Michigan, he has Georgia. <laughs> so that's going to be a matchup for sure. Um, yes. Ohio but State. Obviously, that's on the offensive obviously. side of the ball. So, um, yeah. As far as our wide receiver versus their secondary... Um, if we take shots downfield a lot, like if we go down early and just start chucking it like we did against Harrisburg, I don't like that game plan against their secondary because they have their, their secondary. They don't have one player that really stands out like a Keaton Ellis, but they're all really good depth players. Like they have at least six or seven really good secondary depth players that they can substitute in at any given time. And, they're all not very extremely tall. So if Keaton Ellis, Keaton Ellis can go up and make grabs, and if you just feed him the ball, you're you're going to be able to move move because well, they don't have one cornerback that's really a shutdown corner yeah. against a guy like Keaton Ellis. And it's interesting because um, I was talking with the I think it was the stat guy. I was talking with Samuel before the game. I like how game. we don't know his name still. <laughs> yeah. So we were, we were talking before the game at Delaware Valley. Oh, he listens to this podcast. So <laughs> and, <laughs> so, uh... and so basically the stack I was talking about how last year when we played Delaware Valley, um, Delaware Valley was actually favored during that game. And um, we kind of had the strategy throughout a lot of last year's season that um, we would just chuck the ball up create that matchup between um brandon clark and one of you know some poor cornerback and just rely on those 50 50 balls a lot and if you watch state college for any amount of time last year you know that that's a very true observation um for a lot of the year keaton ellis was hurt uh with a broken thumb i believe and so we were kind of just chucking the ball up and seeing what happens this year it's very different um we haven't seen that really at all from this state is a college. game where you definitely need to do it if you go up early. I wouldn't risk it early in the game. I would say go with your original game plan first, but um, if you get up early and you're trying to shut them down, again, their offense, offensive line is very good. So, but if you're trying to get that um, that spark in your team, that definitely can happen in this game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, sec- they're secondary. They just don't have a guy that can go head-to-head with Keaton Ellis. As for Cohen Russell, they got at least six guys that can go head to head with Cohen Russell. Um, if Cohen and Russell will have, I I don't think he's gonna be favored a lot or thrown to a lot in this game just because he, it's a strength versus a strength. Um, so. Well, I think we'll see him con- contributing more. Um, you know, maybe with some screen passes yeah. and stuff like that. If you can get him the ball on the outside where he can take on a guy one on one in a um a contest of speed and agility he can win but um we're not going to see him really that much out of the slot going over the middle because um this secondary is good enough that you know his size should be a bit of a concern uh we've honestly seen that all year but more so in this game we're going against more of an elite team so that's interesting um it'll be cool to see if brady dorner gets more shots because he's kind of been one of the other go-to guys on the outside, but I'm not sure if he'll be able to, you know, play up to what he has been during the season. The interesting thing is, though, that we we've seen that he is extremely fast. Well, he, he's really been utilized in the in the curl curl game on the outside, where he'll just stop mid route and Tommy will throw him the ball, get a first down, and he just steps out of bounds, and he's done that. In almost every game this year, outside of probably the McDowell game, because they used, utilized him as a quarterback in that game, so he he has a variety of skill sets. So that'll be yeah. exciting. Yeah, hopefully see. we can see that in some mid-range passing game. One thing though is, you know, as mo- a lot of people that play Madden ever knows, curl routes 
get intercepted more than a lot of things. So hopefully we don't see that because they are a little risky. Yeah. <laughs> if the, if that corner sees exactly what's going on and he can get there first, it's it's pretty tricky. All right, let's move into this Pine Richland offense. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, we'll start in the backfield and be a little positive with there are really only two guys in the backfield they utilize a lot is Cole Spencer and Luke Meckler. They have another guy uh, as a, another running back, but they don't use him a ton. Cole Spencer is their quarterback, and yes. Luke Meckler is the running back. For those of you who are not acquainted with Pine Richland football. But most of you probably are. <laughs> so, Pine Richland... Um, Obviously, re- replacing Phil Dracovic, and there's not a huge difference. Although, I will say, Cole Spencer has probably the most time out of any quarterback in the entire state of Pennsylvania. He's the best blocking, and Luke Meckler, I think, is one guy that's really benefited from that, as well as Spencer. Uh, Luke Meckler, I don't think, is a super talented running back. Like, if you put Isaiah Edwards on Pine Richland, I think Isaiah would have more yards just because Isaiah is more naturally talented than Luke Meckler. If, but this yeah. matchup just comes down to what happens. Again, just like on the offensive side of the ball, it happens to what comes down in the trenches because linebackers will be able to make tackles if they're have if they actually like in front of them and they're not being blocked. Um, Which is yeah. not guaranteed considering how good their offensive line is. Some of those guys are able to eat up multiple <laughs> yes. defensive linemen. They can take two guys. They can take a double team. And when you create that, another offensive lineman can get outside, maybe create a downfield block, and that's where you get your big plays. That's what we have to limit in this game. Yeah. But the linebackers I put as one of the biggest um, – positions of need for State College in this game because if you stop the running game, which is the bread and butter, force their sophomore quarterback Cole Spencer to throw the football against our secondary, which again, like their like their their secondary, their wide receivers, they're all good wide receivers, but there's not a Keaton Ellis, there's not a um, there's not a big standout player from there that you say, oh, we gotta we got to key up on him. They just have a lot of good players, but not a standout player. So if you stop the run, if you, which we've been saying this all year, if you just hold the run, if you can't, if you don't get, like, if you hold them to one or two yards on first or second down, force a third down at least every set of downs, or not every set of downs, but close to it, um, they're not going to control the clock, and they're going to have to be forced to throw the ball. And we need them to throw the ball in this game to have a chance because yeah. our secondary is the strength of our defense. And it's worth noting that all of these wideouts can be dangerous, but um, basically what it comes down to is that Nathan and I favor our secondary over their wideouts. And in general, general we favor um, their our wideouts over their secondary. Yeah. But the difference the the, the difference in um in skill and where we're gonna get in trouble, like I said earlier in the episode, just Pine Michelin has incredibly good offensive and defensive lines. Are we gonna be able to take advantage of those plays downfield if we're getting beat consistently in the trenches? That's probably the biggest question of the game. You know? And it's not just it's not about dominating for us, you know. It's not about dominating, creating these massive gaps, because often Isaiah and Dre don't need that. We just need it to be serviceable. We need the offensive line to prevent sacks as much as possible. Um, we're gonna see we're gonna see some sacks in this game if we can keep it under three or four. Um, I know that's a lot for pretty much any game, yes. but against Pine Richland, that might be an accomplishment. Well, it was up near five or six against Harrisburg, so. If we get any close to that, um, Pine Richland again, continuing with their offense. Um, it all it all comes down to the trenches, and I'm less optimistic about our D line against their O line just because, my goodness, <laughs> their O line. And I wrote this in the script. I would if this D if this is the line that they have went up against a group of five college football team, I would say they'd hold them. Rel- like, th- this is... It's serviceable. 
serviceable. <laughs> they have an Indiana commit as one of their guards, and Andrew Christofik, of course, who is a Notre Dame commit. Then, of course, they have their center, who's who has offers from a whole bunch of one AA schools. San Diego, Robert Morris, Notre Dame College, Slippery Rock, and Cornell. And then Brian Bales, who is enormous. So there's not going to be a whole lot of room to run around him. Uh, he's their other guard. And then Tyler Ruddock, who is the weak point of a super strong defense. Or, no, offensive line. Why does that say defense? Uh, so, <laughs> Nick, Nick told me not to say this. We're not going to be able to create pressure. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, if we, if it can happen, it would be super awesome. I think even if we had Titus Thompson, if even if we had Cole Irvis, and Addison Darcy was playing on every snap on the defense, which I don't know where he dis- disappeared to. Um, even if that, even if we had that. It, we still wouldn't create pressure against these guys. Like, these guys are so far ahead of every other team in Pennsylvania as far as offensive linemen. Um, it's crazy, actually. Yeah, he, they like, are, they're we, the most skilled offensive line in Pennsylvania. Yes. Um, I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, they're, like you said, there's only one person on this line that doesn't have a commit from a reasonable school. And by reasonable, I mean D1. <laughs> yes. I mean... You know, you have two guys that are going to Power 5 teams. And like we said, one of them, Krisovic, he has he's, offers from three of the top four teams in the country. He's the number one player in the state on 247 Composite. So, Yeah, so it, it's it's a big deal. This is a this is a huge matchup. Yes. Um, I think we have a better chance of maybe being able to stop the run than being able to get pressure on the passing game. Just because I think if our linebackers can recognize that and maybe just, you know, if the if the defensive line is able to create some amount of space for the linebackers to shoot the gap, you know, if we're able to get some sort of pressure off of bringing, you know, maybe an extra safety or corner, you know, we'll be able to get a little bit of presence in the running game, I think, just from what I've seen this season. And just based on the fact that our team is pretty fast. You know, we're not the biggest defensive line, but we're pretty fast. But I, I, I don't think we're going to see a sack in this game for State College. No. I mean, I, I would I would be shocked if we did, to be honest. And yes. that's not that's <laughs> not saying anything against our guys, honestly. I mean, we have, a, we have a very talented defensive line, and they've been able to make some big plays against good teams in the past, you know. But um, the offensive line for Pine Richland is on another level. And honestly, it's not fair to compare any defensive line in Pennsylvania against them, because it, except for maybe Kutso, yeah. But beside that, it's it gets rough. I I I would take like Pine Ridge or no, St. Joe's couldn't get a sack against these guys this year. Um, like this is this is offensive line is just on another level of high school football. Uh, Obvious, uh, obviously, they couldn't stop IMG Academy, but... <laughs> Who can? I, uh, Who yeah, can exactly. stop IMG Academy? Yeah. But the one thing, the one problem I see with their offensive line is if their offensive line creates space for their running back, that's the one weakness. Like, if our defensive line can't wrap up guys on a, one or two yards past the line of scrimmage, they're going to be able to control the clock all night. And that's something that would be a disaster. Especially because our offense is kind of, in a way, I mean, we're better at it than last year, I'll say, but we're not a control-in-the-clock offense. No. You know, we're not. And Toward the end of the season, we started to trend that way, but uh, lately in our playoff games, I mean, we're kind of complaining about a good thing. Sometimes it may seem like that, but... Like if we score too fast, we're not controlling the clock. Yeah, and that—that's—that sounds like a cruddy thing and to complain about. You know that—that's a great thing when you're down by a touchdown and you're rallying at the end of the game. It has its moments, uh, but you have to control it. You know, and, especially in this game. Yeah, because they're—they're gonna—they're gonna go on six, seven-minute drives if we can't stop the run. And we know the secondary will come in and make a tackle, but and we know and the linebackers. If the linebackers play good, then 
it should offset the how good their offensive line is. So well, I don't think it'll fully offset it. Yeah, but it'll do it'll do some some damage for sure. <laughs> Just as many three and outs as possible. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know if we'll see many. Uh, I'd be surprised if we see more than two or three three and outs. But hey, hopefully their punnel, punter is as bad as the um, the Delaware Valley punter because honestly, and I'm not even joking. If the Delaware Valley punter played for Pine Richland, I would feel significantly better about us winning this game. <laughs> because yeah. their punter was just interesting. Okay, I don't want to be that mean. I don't want to be that mean, but their punter was pretty awful. It was funny because before, um, during practice before the game, uh, James Hook and Darcy were crushing punts in practice. Like, it was very very impressive they were destroying those balls and there was actually a small crowd i kid you not did i say this already nathan maybe okay so it was about five minutes before their team came on the field like their full team and there was no joke like a small crowd of about 20 of them that were just gathered up watching our punters from like 10 yards behind just (laughs) watching them like not even, not even, you know, joking around or anything. Just watching our punters, and every once in a while, you hear one of them go, "Wow," or something to that <laughs> regard. Addison Darcy, <laughs> wow. No, but that's the thing. It wasn't just Darcy. Our, our our backup punter was rivaling Darcy's power. I mean, he was really crushing it. James Hook. Yeah. I think? Yeah. He he's he he played. He was really doing well in practice. Unfortunately, when the game came, he kind of shanked his his chance. But in practice, he was looking great. <laughs> And honestly, when you don't play that much like James Hook, I wish he did have more playing time because he'd be a better punter. But the point is, you know, maybe we can win on special teams. And that's one thing that I took away from the um, yeah, the I Delaware mean, Valley game because we just, you know, maybe if we can just, you know, score on a kick return or a punt return, you know, we have the advantage. I think we have the advantage in speed on these guys. Yes. I really do. So if we can give get those plays where one of our players gets loose on a punt return, on a kick return, you know, that's where we can really make this game count. That play we did against Central Dolphin East where uh, Cohen Russell flipped it to Keaton Ellis and he took it to the house, do that play. Because <laughs> we're going to need all the help we can get as far as scoring points in this game because uh, we need to control the clock or we need to score a lot of points. So, um, I think... Uh, the worst case scenario in this game would be if a the linebackers can't contain the rushing game, and the, our defensive line just gets manhandled, and that they'll just roll the clock the whole game. And we've seen that happen. That happened with Seneca Valley late in the game. That happened with Mount Lebanon. Um, they, they've done that to just about every team they've beaten. And then b our offensive line just gets completely destroyed by. Guys like, uh, hold on, I think it's uh, Miguel Jackson and Andrew yeah. Christofek. If they just get completely manhandled and we don't have any time to throw it or even run run it, then <laughs> that that would be a disaster too. But I and think, unfortunately, I think there's yeah. a possibility that both of those could happen. But one thing I hope we learn from Harrisburg is that once Tommy was able to get some bootleg passes going, was really use, utilizing the rollout more. He wasn't just standing in the pocket. That's when we were able to get some plays downfield against Harrisburg. And I really hope that we see that in this game because that could be huge. Um, you know, if Tommy Freiburg stands in the pocket and just takes hits, that's not how we're going to win this game. He's going to have to be much more versatile. All right. And then, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Tom, Tommy Freiburg... Um, if he plays really well and just uh, obviously he's gonna take a lot of shots in this game, I think. Um, even if our offensive line plays at their peak, he's still gonna yeah. not get have a ton of time. Um, if he if he just steps into those shots and just <laughs> and delivers strikes, that that or would help. Even us. if we're able to just you know get quick passes over the middle of the sidelines. You know, not always waiting for the receiver to get all the way downfield, but just creating quick matchups where our speed can just beat them. You know, just like that. Not not taking all the time in the world to wait for the perfect setup. You know, just getting the ball out 
you know, I mean, that's that's how Tom Brady wins games, you know. He doesn't throw a ton of deep balls. He doesn't have the best arm strength in the NFL. But he kills you on those five, six-yard passing plays where he can just get the ball to the receiver, the receiver takes the hit, and it's six yards. If we can do some of that, I think we have a much better chance of winning this game. Yes. Um, this game, as far as the magnitude of it, is huge. <laughs> um, State College, this is the game you've been waiting for. People are wondering, well, why do we blot every team? The games aren't fun. This game in Altoona is going to be fun. This is this is going to be competitive. There might be an on-field fight before the game. Um, this is... Uh, this is the team that eliminated our basketball team. They eliminated our lacrosse team. They eliminated they elim- our volleyball team. No, that was North Allegheny. Oh, really? Yes. Whoops. It would have been Pine Richland if they beat North Allegheny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, they eliminated our women's lacrosse team. They probably eliminated our golf team. They eliminate every team in our in our in every playoff in our in every stinging sport. I want to beat these guys so bad. Like the. <sighs> I, yeah, I'm, it's, it's emotional. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. And if you want to get even more emotional about it, you should check out Nathan's hype videos. He came out with one today, and apparently an even better and more Listen, hype and intense I'm, one's coming out tomorrow I'm, or or sometime. Yeah, sometime. Tomorrow? When, Wednesday, Thursday, hopefully something? To, hopefully tomorrow. Um, I'm work, still working on the audio for it, but it, it's a good one. <laughs> it's a really good one. I'll... I'll talk to you after the podcast about it. <laughs> like, yeah. like secrets. Huh? I, I love it when uh you're listening to a podcast and they're like, oh, "I'll talk to you after," and we're just like, "Don't tell us, please." That's so meta. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and usually it's like secrets of the industry, like, like yeah, they're making a movie about uh, I'll talk to you about it later. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, let's do our picks for this game. Uh, although I think State College is much is a faster team, and as far as skill skill position players, they're better. I still think Pine Richland has that advantage on the lines and in the trenches, and it'll be a close game. But I think Pine Richland pulls it out in the end. And you know, I oh my gosh, he changed it. <laughs> I did. He had, I did he had Pine Richland by two it. touchdowns. Wow. I did. I originally <laughs> I had Pine Richland by two touchdowns. And then I'm sitting there, and you guys have heard my philosophy. And I realize... The philosophy is, it's State College and no one else. (laughs) Exactly. I care about State College. And here's the deal. If I'm wrong about this, I won't care, because we lost. That's not what I'm going to be upset about. I'm not going to be upset about the fact that I'm wrong. So I might as well, you know... Honestly, that's the thing. I, I can see State College winning it. And the hype video that you put out today, I think, really sums it up perfectly. You know, from the Miracle on Ice, right? Yeah. Classic, absolutely classic, and the coach says, you know, the Soviets might win nine times out of ten, but they're not going to take this one. Screw them. Screw them. <laughs> absolutely. Screw Pine Richland. I'll be the first to say it. Just kidding, people. You hear that around State College more often than you realize. But the point is, Pine Richland is probably the better team. But I think this is the game where we can beat them. I think this is the one out of ten. So. I'm just putting it out there. It's not entirely logical, but I really want to see this. I mean, coming out off our senior year, I know this is getting a little meta, a little emotional, but honestly, what a great way to start finishing off our career in sports at State College. And by career, I mean covering State College football. That win would be a moment for the community, including ourselves. That would be something I'd remember forever. That'd be something, most importantly, that the players would remember forever. They would tell their kids about that game, you know? It was the big upset. Yeah. (laughs) It was Penn State versus Miami in the 1987 National Championship game. I think what sums this up best is the motivational speech from the Little Giants. Uh, Hashtag one time. (laughs) We used to race our bikes down Cherry Hill every day after school. We'd race every day, and he'd always beat me. One time, one time, I beat him. You beat Kevin down Cherry Hill? Yes, I did. He ate my dust. Big deal. One time. You know, one time at Randy Cooper's swim party, Hashtag I one did time. a backflip off the high dive, and my brother chickened out. Roger chickened out? He's a Marine. Aw, oh, that's nothing. One time at a spring carnival, I beat both of my brothers in the cow dog toss. 
you be mad? This is Where great for our video dogs? watchers. You know, one time <laughs> I went fishing with my entire family. I was the only one that didn't throw up. So what? That still doesn't make us good football players. Yeah. Wait a second, guys. Whoever said you had to be good to play football? You play football because you want to. You play football because it's fun. You play football so you can go out there and pretend that you're Joe Montana throwing a touchdown pass or Emmett Smith going for a long run. And even if those cowboys are better than you guys, even if they that's beat right. you 99 times out of 100, that still leaves. One time. One time. Yeah. One time. Let's go! <laughs> I just killed the microphones. <laughs> and that's even worse because we're coming off of this this quiet spot from the audio, <laughs> and then suddenly everyone's just going to be listening. It's going to be... <laughs> So, Let's go. Be, I'll, I'll give you a late warning. Beware headphone listeners. <laughs> I'm so hyped. <laughs> Alright, so, although I think we'll lose this game, I'm still hyped for this game. Um, and if we win this game, I honestly don't even care about what happens against St. Joe's. I, I keep... <laughs> or Emmaus. <laughs> I keep saying this. If, if we win this game, I'll do something stupid. And by that, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll put out a poll on Twitter. There'll be a couple of options. Nothing that will cause me serious bodily harm. Bodily harm. No drugs or alcohol or anything legitimately stupid like that. But I'll do something stupid. Alright. And it'll be awesome. <laughs> do, um... Let do, like, a keg stand or something. But with, no. like, water. <laughs> so... All right, let's... Speaking of St. Chocolate Joe's... Chocolate syrup. Yes. That would be absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Yes. Raw eggs. What? <laughs> Alright, but speaking of St. Joe's, I know you were talking about St. Joe's there. Um, yep. They play, and honestly, if we play St. Joe's next week, I like our chances against them more than I do against Pine Richland. And you're like, what? But I'm, I'll explain why. St. Joe's has played Cupcake Schedule, Cupcake City, all, all year. They haven't played a tough game beside LaSalle College all year. And LaSalle College was winning that game in the third, at the end of the third quarter. They play Emmaus this, this week, and Emmaus is battle-tested. Emmaus has had tough, tough game after tough game, and each time they come out, they, won, they win. They lost to Freedom early in the season, and they came out and beat them in the playoffs. And for that reason, I'm going to take Emmaus over St. Joe's because... We still don't really know how good St. Joe's is. And what we heard was, oh, we'll find out in the LaSalle game. Well, we knew LaSalle wasn't good, and LaSalle was winning that game for most of the game. So I'm going to go with the assumption that St. Joe's is actually not that good and is just overrated. And I'm going to take Emmaus, who is battle-tested, who have shown promise each and every game. They don't have a stellar defense, but... I think their off their offense can definitely score points against St. Joe's, so I'm gonna take Emmaus. I I just can't do that. I'm sorry. You see, <laughs> I'm a realist when it comes to other teams, but in State College, I'm a dreamer. But because we're not talking about State College, I'm a realist. And realistically, I think St. Joseph's is the better team. And honestly, they've they've proven it the last couple seasons. You know, when your team has a has a history like that. Your players believe it, you know. Their players believe that they're the number one team in the country. Or, the number one team in the state. And you know what? Maybe their players do believe they're the number one team in the country. That wouldn't be true, but maybe they do. The point is, they have that mental edge. And that can cause downfall, for sure. But it'll all depend on whether their coaches are able to keep them honest. You know, that's what Nick Saban struggles with all the time, and he'll tell you that. I think it's a bit of an ego trip for him. But fact of the matter is um, I like St. Joseph's for this they've proven the last couple years that they're an elite program you know their coach is storied and I don't think you can say the same about Emmaus Emmaus is in the same position State College is in the exact same very true and very true and but Emmaus isn't or St. Joseph's in Pine Richland and I listened the fresh set of downs two weeks ago and they're previewing the, the previewing the LaSalle game and they were talking about St. Joe's and they're like we don't know how good St. Joe's is because they haven't played anyone good. And we're going to find out how good they are against LaSalle. And they played LaSalle, and LaSalle, who we know is a 500 team, kept it yep, close and was true. winning that game at the end of the third quarter. For that reason, I I 
got to go with a team that's much more experienced in tough games. And I, I respect that. I definitely respect that decision. I don't think it's out of the question. I just don't agree with it. All right. Let's go into Coatesville versus North Penn. Coatesville, I mean, Garnet Valley was dominating teams all year. They crushed teams, blew them out of the water. And Coatesville came in and just stomped them to the Rocked ground. Rocked their world. And, and, and if you take Coatesville, anything but Coatesville here would be foolish. So I'm taking Coatesville. Full-on Coatesville. We've talked about how great they are the entire season. If you want to listen to more of that, listen to one of our later episodes. Um, we have covered Coatesville from pretty much week one in, in the famous Harrisburg game. Back then, we were a little bit surprised. Do you remember that? We were like, hey, look at Coatesville. Look what they're doing. Which game was that? Sorry. In, in the week one. Oh, yeah, because they crushed Cause somebody. Yeah, they crushed Harrisburg, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we knew how good Coatesville was. Yeah, but then, but we didn't know that we didn't they were going to crush Harrisburg. We didn't know that they were Harrisburg. crushing Harrisburg. Yeah. Good. So Nathan texted me while I'm, at, while I'm at our game, which he wasn't at that first week. So now you've missed two I games. mean, that game was on a Saturday, so... Coatesville Harrisburg game. Was it? Oh man. Yeah. It must have been because it was at Harrisburg, right? Yeah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> In any case, that was interesting. The point is, t- Coatesville is good. Um, that's been a theme all year. So. Yeah. yeah pretty much. <laughs> and the winner of that game will play Harrisburg again. So. Man, that that's going to be a fun matchup, no matter what happens. Um, I think people are. I don't know. Who okay, who do you want to win the playoffs besides State College? Harrisburg probably, right? Like if you were uh, to choose any other team, you'd... I don't really Emmaus, I guess. But beside Emmaus, there's like nobody cuz I'm not going to well, root for Coatesville. Well, you're not going to root for Coatesville. You're not going to root for St. Joseph's. You're not going to root for Pine Richland for goodness sake. I guess if if it came down to St. Joe's in the championship, I would probably root for Whichever, the public school, I guess, that would be playing them. Like, whoever's playing St. Joe's in the championship. Yeah. But you got to admit... But if Pine, Richland, if Pine Richland gets there, I, I'll, I'll root it. Basically, if we don't win, whoever plays against Pine Richland or St. Joe's in the championship. Yeah. Or Emmaus. But, <laughs> so. but the point is, Harrisburg, that loss to Harrisburg would look pretty darn good on us. You know, if they won the championship, I would personally like to see Harrisburg win. If we don't, that's my choice. Um, but hey, I mean, I'd like to know what's up with all of them. I know there's a lot of uh, reporters around the D three schools, um, so or District three schools. So they like they canceled the game and moved it to next week because next week they would have had a bye anyway, and then they ended up just playing the game. I was like, and I was very confused because they were supposed to move it to Central York next week. Because like a Friday night when, on Friday night when all the cancellations were coming in, and they were, or Thursday night when all the cancellations were coming in, and they said, "Well, we're gonna play the Harrisburg Central Dolphin game next week at Central York instead of in Central Dolphin." And I was like, "Okay," and then they ended up just playing the game. So I was like, "What? What just happened?" So I I didn't think that game was until next week. But it ended up being this week, and Central Dolphin is it was out, and I kind of feel sorry for them to have the misfortune of not being very, or ha- having been told that, and then just having to go out and play against Harrisburg. Yeah, that's tough. And I, that that wasn't right. <laughs> if if that if that went down the way I think it went down, that's not right. They should have just kept it for next week, but it ended up giving Harrisburg a bye, which helps them out. Um, maybe District 3 was thinking about how to best help District 3. Uh, you True. definitely yeah. see in Pennsylvania all the districts kind of war against each other, especially well, when they're, they're they're locating games. and Like, District 6 wanted that wanted the game to be in District 6 against Erie McDowell, and that's why we had it in St. Francis. Which was the, yes. kind of a mess, yes. as everyone knows. So, uh, all the districts kind of fight each other and I, I don't like it <laughs> so cause I, I kind of feel like this is district three just saying yeah we want Harrisburg to be as best rested as they can when they play Coatesville instead of 
giving Central Dolphin their fair ups and like like why would you even schedule the game for next week and then not schedule it? I don't I don't understand. I I'm not as learned as some of my District Three reporters are, like Eric Epler and um <laughs> a couple of those guys down there. So alright. That's about it. Let's get into yeah. our predictions. Predictions. What are we predicting? I just pointed out the camera. Yeah. Nice. Hopefully we'll get the camera out because, of course, we got that. We had a phone call in the middle of this podcast, which was probably edited out. But it was edited out. Yes. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't remember there being a phone call, that's a good thing. <laughs> but, like, somebody called me in the middle of the podcast, which stopped the video camera recording because I'm recording with an iPhone. So it stopped the recording, so I'm probably going to have to splice it together. And that's because not somebody be forgot to turn off vibrate on their phone. That wouldn't have helped the video. It wasn't vibrating. Like, the video was going to turn off anyway. Yeah, I know. But the audio got screwed up because of the vibrate. Well, it's better than if we had the ringtone of Virginia Tech Hokies fight song. That is very true. (laughs) So, all right, let's get into these predictions. And I'm very excited to play at Mansion Park. Um... I think either Penn's Valley or Bald Eagle is playing the game before us at 1 o'clock on the same day. I I don't remember if it's one of those two teams. We don't no, really I thought, keep track I of... thought Bald Eagle played last week at Mansion Park. Yeah, I think they did, actually. But they so, might be coming back. I don't know. Who knows? We'll figure it out. In any case, what's your prediction? What is my prediction? Um... I don't know. <laughs> um, we will get at least one special teams touchdown. How about that? I like it. Not all that risky, but interesting. All right. My prediction is that... Hmm. Man, there are so many routes to go with this one. You know? Like, there's just so many yeah. different storylines. Like you said, there's so many different storylines. State story College will get one sack. <laughs> Try that one. <laughs> Mm, my prediction. I'm not that risky. My prediction is that State College will get two sacks. Okay, that's just kidding. I don't actually think that's gonna happen. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. Okay, my prediction is that State College will get two interceptions. I think that's not too out of the question. I think they're gonna try to test us early on. They're gonna try to feel out our secondary, just as we've done all year against other teams, and. I don't know if they're familiar with the ways of Sammy Knipe and Keaton Ellis, but they can finesse people, as we know. And Cohen can too, despite his shortness. So, two interceptions. I don't think that's out of the question. Alright. Um, that finishes up this podcast. I, I, it was fun to talk about this game, because it's more. It's a team we actually kind of know about. We've been following all year. Um, we, we, <laughs> we certainly don't like them. Um, yeah I mean we don't like Pine Richland so this is fun to get this off my chest I guess Uh, it's fun to actually talk about a team that you actually know something about I'm like Delaware Valley or McDonald it's just like I'm researching the team and I'm like why am I researching I know we're going to win so but this game I certainly don't know we're going to win if this was a spread I'd put it at 5 for Pine Richland maybe so, let's get into these plugs. <laughs> it's great to talk to you guys. <laughs> All right, you can follow me at NickHoss75, as usual. You can also email me, NickHoss75 at gmail.com. Those are the two best ways to get in contact with me. Or say hi in the hallway. I'd love to hear about it. I've had a couple people be like, hey, how's the podcast going? When's the next episode coming out? I heard this and this on the podcast. That makes my day. Who actually says that? Can no, you name I, drop people? Because nobody's I, come up to me. Okay, I can. I, all I got was a key point from Keith Nellis in the lunchroom today, and I was like, okay, I, I'm validated. I, I will name <laughs> names after the episode. Ooh. Ooh. And, and, and NSA all... secrets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. You can contact me, Nathan Grella at gmail.com or Nathan Grella on Twitter. Um, yeah, I got some followers on Twitter. I mostly just retweet Virginia Tech and State College stuff on there. That's it. 
I only tweet about State College. Um, I do not use my Twitter for anything besides business, as they say. What is your follower um, following ratio? Because <laughs> um, mine is. Are you following anybody but me? Is the question. I have um, <coughs> ninety-seven followers, and I have like thirty-two people I'm following, and all of them are on the football team except for you. And geez, West, there was Western someone else. WesternPAFootball.net? WesternPAFootball.net, and there's one other. Uh, let's see here. Speaking of WesternPAFootball.net, you can check oh, out yes, our articles and podcasts and everything on there, which is probably where you're coming from, actually, if you're listening to this. Um, and you can check out our uh, playoff bracket in the link in the distri- description. I, f- I like to use our playoff bracket because it's in a Google spreadsheet, which makes it easier to see than... Uh, the WesternPAFootball.net one, even though we're not hating on the WesternPAFootball.net one, there's a lot of work that goes into that, but I just like to use ours more because I, I can switch it around and have fully customizable stuff on there. And I, I try to keep it updated a lot. Uh, most of the time when I'm on there, it's either Nick's dad or Ryan Frank's dad that are on there. <laughs> and they, they like sit on there for like days <laughs> like i'm like do they just close their computers when they're on the spreadsheet or something no my my dad <laughs> my dad is all about like brackets and spreads <laughs> and like data and all that oh yeah i actually i um this is one of my Speaking favorite my language <laughs> this is one of my favorite things to talk about and anyone that has spent any amount of time around me knows about it but last year at the 2018 Division One National Wrestling Championships. Oh, goodness. I know, exactly. Nathan <laughs> knows this Don't right. get him started. <laughs> okay, amazing match. Um, if you don't know about it, please check it out. Penn State Wrestling is awesome. In any case, um, basically, if, if you don't know, there's 10 weight classes in college wrestling, and each one has, like, I don't know, at least 20 people um, that participate, probably more. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers. But the fact is, the bracket, there's an individual bracket for each weight class, and it the entire thing is absolutely massive. And I have the entire completed bracket for every single weight class that my dad had me fill out during the matches, so we keep track of it. So I know what you're talking about. It's cool stuff. In any case. Yeah, actually, I, w- I want to tell you something that you probably don't know on air here. Um, we're both going to Waynesburg, most likely, uh, for college. I'm already enrolled. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to enroll pretty soon um but um one thing he we, you probably don't know is that they won a national championship in wrestling um last year let's and, go yeah J- jake evans i think his name is but he actually beat um nevels for penn state his his brother he whoa by a lot that week. is huge Oh my gosh! Okay, it was like sixteen to two. Oh or my something. goodness, that's an incredible. The, no, I'm I'm not even kidding. Um, that that is really impressive because uh, Neville's brother, uh, as of last year, I don't know, I haven't really kept up on him, but he was undefeated in California. California's a pretty good wrestling state. He was undefeated. He was a huge recruit for Penn State. Um, well, he was pinning pretty much every single person that he played. So. That that is a big deal. I'm I'm very impressed. Repping the jackets. Baby. Very impressed. I'm honored to join the community. In any case, this is dragging on way too long. So, on that on that note, I've been Nick. And I've been Nathan. And this is the State College Football Podcast. Go Little Lions.